Let us pray. Dear Lord, among all the changing words of this generation, open our hearts that we would hear your eternal word of grace. Through Christ we pray. Amen. The New Testament lesson is from the Gospel according to Mark. Hear God's word. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who were ill and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you! Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. This is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, and driving out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Some of you are scientists. One of the requirements of being a good scientist is that you don't jump too quickly to conclusions. On one winter day in the midst of a long cold snap, when the temperature hadn't gotten above freezing for several days. I was sitting in my study at the church I was serving and a church member came by, uh, a climate change skeptic, and he said, ha ha ha, how's this for global warming? And then there was the woman, uh, a committed environmental activist, who said on one hot steaming July day, what more proof do you need for climate change? Well, meanwhile, climate scientists keep telling us you can't draw conclusions about climate change from the weather on one particular day or from one or two different weather patterns. You have to step back and look at the whole picture in all of its complexity. It's normal to let our minds connect the dots as we see them and then to draw conclusions. That's what the people in Capernaum were doing when they saw Jesus healing and casting out demons. They started to connect the dots. They saw just enough to let them think they had Jesus all figured out. But they didn't have him figured out. That's why Jesus did some things that seem puzzling when you first read them. For instance, Jesus cast out demons. But then 
he told the demons not to speak about what had just happened. Now, that seems strange. Why wouldn't Jesus want his message to be proclaimed from the housetops to anyone who would listen? And then he did this other thing that sounds puzzling. When Peter and the disciples hunted Jesus early in the morning, and when they found him, he told him that people down in the town were clamoring for him. Well, Jesus didn't go back and heal some more. He didn't build on the success he had had the previous day. He left that place and went to other places. All the people thought they had Jesus figured out. But they had just scratched the surface of who he really is. They thought he was a miracle worker. Someone who could meet their pressing needs and improve their lives. And yes, he was. He did work miracles. He did improve their lives. But if that's all you know about Jesus, then you're missing the most important part. The Bible continually warns us against being so sure we have figured God out that we confine God to the limits of our human understanding. Sometimes we take God's power for granted. We forget how small we are compared to God and how different God is from us until something happens to remind us. Something that, like that happened to me one day when, when I was out for my early morning jog. Now, one of the things that gets me out of bed uh, on, and into the cold and dark on these winter days is the possibility of seeing some old friends up in the sky. When it's bright and clear outside, you can oftentimes see the moon and the stars and maybe a planet or two. On one of those crisp mornings, I looked up in the sky and there was my old friend, the moon, working its way through its phases, casting its gentle light down on the pavement beneath my feet. Over there was Venus, bright, shining, the morning star, symbol of hope and inspiration. But then I remembered this movie I had just seen, The Martian. Maybe some of you have seen it. In the movie, the character that's played uh, by Matt, Damon gets left behind on Mars after his uh, companions leave thinking he's dead. And he's left to fend for himself on this planet where he's the only living being, where there's no, not one drop of water. And the only way he can survive is in this artificial containment that he and his companions have built. So I looked up again at the moon and thought, hmm, what a harsh, barren landscape it really has that is unwelcoming to human life. And then Venus, and I thought about its dense, poisonous atmosphere that would kill any human being who happened to set foot outside in it. Then I saw a shooting star, which is really nothing more than a piece of space debris falling through the atmosphere, burning up as it re-enters uh, in, toward earth and I thought 
this very air that I breathe, this atmosphere that surrounds us and that we're not even aware of can destroy the most delicate scientific instruments that we send up into, the, into orbit once they run out of energy and start to crash back down and are burned to ashes by the friction. Isaiah reminds us, have you not known Have you not heard? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root when he blows on them and they wither. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. God created these. And God is not to be taken lightly. And yet we also know that behind that awesome power of the universe is love. That same power that made the moon and the stars and the planets and all their beauty and their fearsome harshness when we begin to comprehend that power that should make our knees tremble and our breath come up short, that same power cares for us and works for our welfare. Isaiah continues, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths shall faint and be weary and the young shall fall exhausted but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In Jesus, the one who created that awesome power of the galaxies uses that very same power to show God's deep love. Jesus, the one who was with the Father when the universe was created, cured Peter's mother-in-law of her fever. He cured many others who were sick with various diseases. He cleansed lepers and fed the hungry and gave sight to the blind. It's that same power that motivates the church. Through us, that awesome God channels that power of love that created the heavens to show the depth of God's love. When IPC helps the Shan people in Myanmar, you're making a statement about how God uses that awesome power to provide for the poor and the outcast and the oppressed. When a home group supports each other and and one of its members through prayer and compassion You're doing the work of the great physician, carrying on the healing work that Jesus did in Galilee. But whenever you see the good work of Jesus, or the good work his followers do in his name, be careful not to conclude too quickly that you're seeing all there is to see. You look at all the good that's done in Jesus' name, and you could Make up your mind. So Jesus is all about being kind and good and loving and giving. He's all about making people 
better, who help others. Yes, he is, but there's more. You need, there's more you need to know so you don't reach the wrong conclusion too quickly. Some people, after Jesus, seeing Jesus heal the sick and cast out demons, began to conclude, well, yes, this is no normal person. But they concluded, well, he has gone out of his mind. Some said, well, he's from Beelzebub. And by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. Just seeing Jesus' good works didn't show them the essence of who Jesus is. So you can understand why Jesus told those whom he had healed just to keep quiet. You can see why he stayed on the move from town to town. It was too early to connect the dots. It wasn't time to draw final conclusions. Jesus came to heal, to feed the hungry, to teach. But you can only understand what all that means from the other side of the cross. Jesus came more to do more than alleviate suffering more than to give us tools to fight evil and generally make life better between now and the time we finally die. Jesus came to destroy sin on the cross and to overcome the very power of death. Jesus came to bind us to God and give us eternal life. He doesn't want you just settle for anything less. So you can look at Jesus as a teacher, a role model, someone on who, whose wise teachings enlighten you and give good guidance for life. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can come to worship to find peace and beauty and centeredness in a scattered life. And that's a good thing. You can join a church because it's a wholesome place for kids and it's good for a family and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But don't settle there. Jesus asks him, us to give, a, to give him our entire lives, to entrust our whole being to him so that it makes a difference in the way we do our work, treat our neighbors, even the way we face our own death. A congregation can be content where it is. We can say, oh, we're doing perfectly fine as we are. So why do we need to reach beyond ourselves to others? We got plenty of needs right here. Why should we try to extend ourselves beyond this wonderful community or to the people of other countries? We can be like the disciples who wanted to stay in Capernaum because things were going pretty well there. But Jesus would not stay put. He said, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim my message there. For that is what I have come out to do. Now, I don't have it in me to stay on the move like that. 
I would be happy to remain right where I am in my relationship with Jesus, to keep doing the things I've learned pretty well how to do, to stay just as I am and find my comfort level of spiritual growth and maturity, which is why I need to follow Jesus' example and spend time in prayer. I have to tell you, when I, after I agreed to come to Zurich as your interim pastor, I kept asking myself, what in the world have I done? I mean, granted, living in Switzerland is not really hard duty. And I knew Doug was leaving behind a vibrant, strong, caring community. But I started to think about how I'll be living away from my wife for seven months. My grandchildren just moved from an ocean away to within 80 miles of my home. I had some pretty stimulating things going on in the local community. I'd just gone on the board of an organization I admire. I was making friends working at the local food bank. Why in the world would I want to leave that for seven months. For weeks, I lifted it up in prayer. I entrusted the life I was enjoying in Lancaster and the life that was awaited me in Zurich. I entrusted that to God. And once I walked out of the arrival, into the arrival area of the airport and met Doug and Sam and Jenna and Mao and Esther and Sheila, I knew that my prayer had been answered. I've only been here a week, but I haven't looked back like I was afraid I was going to do. I've seen many of the exciting things that God is doing here through IPC, and I really give thanks that I'll have the blessing of being part of that for a little while. Jesus' life, as Sam said, was grounded in prayer. When things started to go well for him in Capernaum, the disciples reveled in the success and wanted to enjoy it. He went away to a quiet place to pray. Prayer opens up possibilities we've never considered. In prayer, God shows us ourselves as we really are. We're confronted with all of our presumptions and our prejudices. In prayer, we align what we're after in life more clearly with what God is doing in the world. Prayer helps us get out of the way so God can claim us for what is best. Dante said that hell is that place where people get what they want and see how inadequate are all the things they loved so much. Prayer gives us God's perspective. With Cardinal Newman, we pray, lift us by thy cross that we may see beyond the horizon of our death. Jesus is continually calling us beyond where we are into a life that's richer and deeper. He invites us to give our trust, not to 
what we know now, but to the one we know, to him who is our living Lord. He's always moving ahead of us, leaving the places where his work is done and proclaiming the message in places we might prefer not to go. Jesus is on the move. Are you with him?